0: Well, before our guest speaker begins, who hopefully will be here any second, I did want to make one more reminder that this Saturday is Building and Grounds Day, and I really hope our speaker arrives. He's, I know, oh, thank goodness. A man who needs no introduction. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. I'm sorry I'm a day late. How rude of me. As you can understand, I've had an extremely busy schedule this weekend. Being personification of an ideal does have its responsibilities. I'm run ragged for the first part of July, and then it drops off to almost nothing except for the occasional car dealership commercial. The primary season, especially in the South, is quite busy. But for the vast majority of the year, I'm free to watch, to listen, and to contemplate. Yesterday, we celebrated the 239th anniversary of the document that brought me into existence. The Declaration of Independence, along with the United States Constitution, set down what this grand experiment, the United States of America, would be. For it makes no sense for a group of people to declare themselves independent of a political entity, without then defining the principles with which they would have themselves aligned with. As it was more eloquently stated by Mr. Thomas Jefferson, when in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another, and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive to these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundations on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Right there in the first two paragraphs of the document that set this whole thing in motion, we run into a problem. A gap between the ideal government, which I personify, and the identity of this great nation, and the imperfect reflection of that ideal, which was lived by the signers of that declaration. The phrase, all men are created equal, penned by a slaveholding plantation owner, signed by men, and exclusively men, <clears throat> who believed that government was for men, by men, and of, men, only men. Sentiments that rightly sound abhorrent to you today, but were so common as to not even merit mention at the time that it was drafted. The ideal of any deviation from this was considered downright lunacy from their perspective. But that's not to say that these men were not visionary. Some of the greatest evidence of this has to do with the discussion by the founders of this great nation on the subject of Islam. The flame of this discussion still burns 239 years later with little reduction in the heat despite no perceivable increase in illumination. The idea of Islam to the drafters of this document was almost entirely theoretical. The only people whose historians suspect were Muslims living in North America at the time were living in bondage. And this only is only conjecture based on the names given to certain slaves specifically a document in which a female slave and her daughter, both named Fatima, were sold to a man in South Carolina, Fatima being one of the more prominent wives of Mohammed. That is the only record they can find in the newly formed United States of Islam. Other than negotiations with the Barbary pirates in the late 18th and early 19th centuries, America had little need to consider the subject of Islam. It was not particularly relevant to their day-to-day life. And yet they did. Debates on the topic were fairly common. The concept of the Mohammedan being foreign enough to serve as a stand-in for all disparate ideas and beliefs. For as comforting as it is today to think that these men shine with a vision and tolerance unusual for their era, this is sadly not the case. Islam was considered the antithesis of Christian civilization. Viewed as encapsulating everything, these men were fighting to encapsulating em- <clears throat> the opposite of everything these men were fighting to embody in a governmental system. The very resistance to the idea itself was the point of the discussion. <clears throat> Before the Constitution and its wording of religious freedom was set to paper, The Virginia Declaration of Religious Freedom was set forth in 1779. It begins with the phrase, well aware that Almighty God hath created the mind free. There were numerous devout Christians in that Congress, led by Patrick Henry, who strongly lobbied that the word Almighty God be changed to Jesus Christ. They were soundly voted down. Thomas Jefferson, rather optimistically, believed that this showed that the delegates could comprehend within the mantle of its perfection the Jew and the Gentile, the Christian and the Mohammedan, the Hindu, and infidel of every denomination. This might be wishful thinking on his part. All evidence points to the vast majority of Americans at the time being completely against the very idea of Islam. And there were multiple states that had religious tests in order for you to serve and to vote. If you were not a Protestant Christian, you were excluded from full rights of citizenship and that you would not be allowed to represent your fellows simply based on your religious beliefs. A tolerant bunch they were not. But buried amongst all this were shining beacons of hope, a selective very exclusive few, who seemed to be able to rise above the constraints of their time. George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, men who somehow saw beyond the prevailing opinions of their time, and who were not constrained by that which was, but endeavored to create a government based on what could be. George Washington wrote in 1783, The bosom of America is open to receive not only the opulent and respectable stranger, but the oppressed and persecuted of all nations and religions, whom we shall welcome to participate in all of our rights and privileges, if by decency and propriety of conduct they appear to merit the enjoyment. When taken in light of the times in which it was written, the sentiment is nigh miraculous. That these men could set aside the sentiments of their time and envision a world beyond their experience, a world they believed could be but could not execute, a world they trusted you to create. So here we are, over two centuries on, and you struggling with many of the same ideas put forth by these men. Like the founders of this nation, you are often unable to obtain the very ideals you proclaim to embody. But it is essential to remember these men did not let the quagmire of their daily reality limit what they could conceive. They stood on feet of clay and did their damnedest to shoulder this experiment and launch it into the future with as much momentum as they could. encoding into law a more perfect union by which you could negotiate the pragmatic realities of your imperfect one, their ideals serving as a shining star by which you have navigated centuries, continually correcting course, getting just a little bit closer each generation. And it's worked, mostly. The gap between the ideals that I personify and the reality of this nation are narrower now than they were 11 score and 19 years ago. The founders set forth on a journey holding a vision of a nation that that had never been and would most likely never actually exist. They knew they could never truly achieve what they envisioned. They knew the hypocrisy. Thomas Jefferson, George Washington, George Washington specifically, in his will at the time of his death, freed all of his slaves. He could not do it in his own time and in his own life, but that is an indication that these men were very well aware of the hypocrisy of the the reality in which they lived versus the nation that they conceived. But they did it anyway. They tried. They would not just simply look at the world around them and state, this is as good as we can make it. And as a result, they encoded a document, a plastic, adaptable document, on pure faith in you, that you would be able to improve upon their imperfections. And you've done a pretty good job. They knew they could never achieve what they envisioned. And the journey to the ideal that I personify was much longer for them than it is for you. The gap between what America should be and what it is is much, much narrower today than it was for these men. If they can do it, you can as well. And how close you get to narrowing that gap is entirely up to you. Our closing hymn.